Hello and welcome to another day on the Gracefield Leader Podcast. I'm so grateful to all of you loyal listeners who keep showing up each week to listen. And if I may, I'm going to ask you to just take a minute to do me a huge favor. Would you head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star rating and written review? And actually, I'm going to take my chances here and ask for a second favor. I'm so curious to know what subject matter you are enjoying most and what topics you would love to hear me discuss on the show. If you could head over to gracefieldleader.com slash contact, you can leave me a written or a voice recorded message to let me know what you'd like to hear. Truly, my desire is to serve you and honor God in the process. Okay, there's my humble plea. Now I'm going to share this week's featured review, and it's called No More People Pleasing. This review is from Kim Stewart, and it says, The only one that matters is God. Let's just focus on pleasing Him. And Tanya is here to help us do that. Tune in and learn to maximize your time and energy to be a better wife and mom. I highly recommend it. Kim Stewart. Kim, thank you so, so much for this encouragement. I really appreciate it. Okay, on to the topic for today. If you're listening to this episode when it publishes, we are in the beginning of May. I live in Minnesota and we have winter for far, far too long. So when May rolls around, you hear people start talking about how anxious they are to get out and start growing things. Whether it be flowers or vegetable gardens, spring brings about a hunger to see new beautiful life and color. This got me thinking about the metaphor of gardening as it applies to leadership. And, more specifically, how it applies to godly leadership. Tune in as we talk a bit more about gardening and its application to everyday life and leadership. Welcome to the Gracefield Leader Podcast. Do you want better work-life balance? Do you get stuck in patterns of perfectionism and people-pleasing? Have you always been an overachiever, but never really feel good enough, no matter how much outward success you achieve? Hi, I'm Tanya, a wife, mom, leader, Christian life coach, and Jesus lover. For most of my life, I tried to find worthiness through achievement. But no matter how hard I worked or how much I achieved, I never felt like I was enough. I was left burned out, empty, and exhausted. I had no time or energy for myself or my family. I needed balance. I needed peace. I finally started to live like an unconditionally loved daughter of the King, saved by grace. This faith-led podcast will teach you self-care routines and practical leadership strategies to help you navigate life and leadership. If you're ready to stop people-pleasing and start living and leading God's way, this podcast is for you. Unbutton your blazers, sister friends. It's time to get after it. Okay, I'm really excited about today's topic and even more excited about the Friday episode that will follow. I found this whole topic really simple but profound and so applicable to life and leadership. And as we will talk about on Friday, it actually has biblical roots. 
First of all, I want you to practice a little visual imagery. I want you to imagine a plot of land that you want to turn into a beautiful garden. And what is the end result you hope to get from your garden? Well, typically it's a vegetable garden, but for today's lessons, we're going to refer to our end product as fruit. Producing fruit just has a better ring to it than producing vegetables. Now, before you can even start the process of growing your garden, you, the gardener, need to make sure you have prepared yourself for the work. If you try to plant a garden without having done any study of the task at hand, you may produce some fruit, but it will pale in comparison of what you can produce having the knowledge and the tools to do the work well. So let's assume you've kind of done some studying around gardening and what tools to use and all of this stuff. If you just take your seeds and you show up to your plot of dirt and scatter the seeds across the top, what are the odds that you're going to have a beautiful garden that produces delectable fruit? Not very good odds there, right? No. Producing fruit requires that you dedicate the time and the effort to take the appropriate steps to prepare the soil and nourish the seedlings. First, you have to understand the soil that you're using. Is it already nutrient-rich with black dirt? Is it mostly sand? Is it mostly clay? What are its characteristics? Each type of soil will require different attention. After you get to know what you're dealing with, you'll need to till up the soil, disrupt it a bit, and maybe add some topsoil. The soil will need to be loosened up and enriched to create the best environment for the seeds to sprout and set roots. After you till up the soil, you need to plant the seeds. And you need to understand each seed and the type of plant it will produce so that you are sure to space the seeds appropriately, put them at the right depth, and put them where they will get the appropriate amount of sunlight. Then you'll need to water your garden, just the right amount. And you might even have to add a little extra nutrients to the soil sometimes. You'll take some times where you step away and just watch your garden grow. And every so often, you'll need to pull the weeds that start growing up amongst the plants. Otherwise, the weeds will take over the garden and the fruit-producing plants will wither and die or produce not as much fruit. You may even have to prune a few of the plants themselves to make sure that the best plants thrive and produce. As your garden begins to bear fruit, you can celebrate and enjoy the fruit while still maintaining your garden, watering, weeding, pruning. You wouldn't want to just eat of the first fruits and then stop attending to your garden as then you wouldn't get all of the fruit that the garden has the potential to produce. If you tend to it well, you will have extra to preserve for winter months or to share with others. Sometimes storms will come, droughts will hit, or a blight might even infect the plants. This will bring about a season of bearing little fruit. 
but a great gardener will not let that stop him. He will eat from that which he has saved and go back to the beginning of the process, preparing the soil, planting the seeds, nourishing the plants, and preparing for the next fruitful harvest. Okay, I'm sure you're getting the metaphor, but let's now talk about how this metaphor applies so much to our journey as leaders. Our plot of land is our team. The people we serve are the plants that are there to bear fruit. The fruit, of course, is the work performed and ideally in a way that demonstrates integrity and commitment. We want to see beautiful, colorful, delectable fruit produced. Now, just as the gardener needs to do some study and work on themselves before starting the work of creating a garden, the same is true of a leader. Your heart, mind, and soul are a garden of their own. You're going to be the most successful if you have prepared the soil of your heart, planted seeds that have been nurtured to produce plants that are bearing fruit. In other words, you have to invest in your own growth as a leader. From a spiritual sense, have a practice that keeps you filled with the Holy Spirit and allowing God to be the CEO of your life. From a practical sense, do the work of developing your emotional intelligence and skills that are important for effective leadership. Now let's say you've done your best to set the stage in your own personal development as the gardener or the leader. Just as the Example given, we can't come in and just start tossing seeds around all willy-nilly. We can't show up and expect our team members to produce good fruit without us investing the time and the effort in understanding them, their work, and what inspires them to be fruitful in their work. So that's the first place to start. Understand your team. Understand the environment that exists already for where to perform their work, and what inspires them to do the best work. Once we understand the people, what makes them tick, what brings them meaning in their work, and what barriers exist that are preventing a healthy and productive environment, we have to gradually start to till the soil to cultivate a relationship of trust. We might have to disrupt things a little, just like tilling up the soil, in order to create a healthy environment for people to do their best work. All of this is preparing the soil, creating a healthy environment from which to produce. Then we need to plant the seeds, but first remembering to recognize the unique differences each one has and understanding what will help them have the best odds of succeeding. We adjust our attention and our approach the best we can to their individual needs while always keeping our eye on the garden as a whole, or the team as a whole. It's important to nourish team members with recognition and support. Show them you support who they are in and outside the work environment. Do your best to help them have the tools 
and the resources they need to do their work effectively. Support, encouragement, the provision of resources, this is all a part of watering your garden. And listen, just like a good gardener, the best leaders aren't afraid of getting their hands dirty. You gotta be willing to do the work. Now recognize there might be some scorching days that cause your team to wilt and not show the most vibrant version of themselves. It might have nothing to do with you, the gardener or the leader. It just might be a really hot, dry season in their lives. Try not to take it personally, but rather be willing to offer grace and support. Sometimes you will have an off day as the leader of your team and you won't tend to your garden very well. Acknowledge your mistakes and let the team know you too are human, that your goal is to serve and support them, but sometimes things get in the way of you doing your best. Showing some level of humility and vulnerability can go a long way in building trust and allowing your team members the opportunity to extend grace to you. Much like plants in a garden, they can survive a day without watering. But if you don't take responsibility to keep showing up and serving well, they will eventually stop trusting that you are there to care for them, and they will struggle to bear good fruit. When you identify concerns within your team, maybe behavior that doesn't contribute to the betterment of the team or the work that they're doing, Prune it before it overtakes the garden. Have courageous conversations that give team members the opportunity to understand how their actions are negatively impacting the team. Seek to understand the feelings behind the behaviors and communicate a desire to support them in their success. Offer grace, but with the expectation of change. They need to understand that to be the best version of, version of themselves, they need to shed the unhealthy parts that are just limiting their growth. If you've done everything you can to support and coach in grace, but someone just refuses to change and is becoming a noxious weed that is reducing the potential of the team to succeed, sometimes you have to make the difficult decision to pull them from the garden. If you've ever had to terminate an employee, you know how difficult that is. It is awful. But when it is done for the right reasons and in the appropriate manner, it can also be a great relief when you see how it ultimately helps the global team. I had a leader once who always said, you would rather have an open position than wish that you did. And it's so true. One bad apple can be such a toxic influence on the team. Sometimes your whole team will experience seasons that aren't very fruitful. Sometimes it's a downright drought. You may not have much to give, but what you can do is acknowledge the struggle. Create a safe space for them to share. Do what you can to encourage and support and maintain relationships. You will be surprised what people will endure when you have already established a trusting environment. Sometimes you won't see what you want to see in your team, and you will feel very alone in the struggle. 
Be sure you have prepared the soil for your own life. Stay in the word, pray fervently, and trust that the Lord is with you and will get you to the other side. Depend on Him. He truly works best in our struggles. His power is made greater in our weaknesses. Trust that He will bring fruit from this trial. Whatever is going on is preparing you for His calling on your life. It might be dang hard, but there will be fruit eventually. For in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, we are told that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. You know the saying, crap happens, only crap isn't the word people typically use? Well, it's true. Crap happens. But think about this. What is the primary component of fertilizer or rich black dirt? It is crap. So God can use crap in our lives to prepare us for future good. Sometimes struggle is preparing us and enriching us for what is yet to come in the work he has saved for us. I tell you, Leading the past few years has been some of the most difficult time in my leadership career. I don't really want to repeat it, but I am starting to see how God is using it for good. Even if circumstances are really crummy, He is changing my heart and my way of being in the world, which makes all the difference in how I experience work and everyday life. With every day that I seek to know Him more and grow in my dependence on Him, it's like an actual weight is being lifted from my shoulders. I feel more hopeful, more joyful, less fearful, and more confident. I want you to experience the same thing. I'm so thankful for all the grace and loyalty you are showing me as you essentially listen to me growing in my understanding of what it means to walk as a child of God, and how that truly transforms the way in which I lead. I want you to feel an unburdening and transformation in your life and leadership, for which the only explanation is a magnificent and loving God. So look at the garden of your heart, my friends. Are you tending to it in a way that keeps the soil enriched, to allow for good fruit to be produced? Look at the way in which you approach your team and your leadership. Are you seeking to nourish and tend to your team in a way that looks to support their growth? I hope you will find this analogy of gardening helpful as you go about life and leadership. Join me on Friday when we talk a bit more about biblical references to gardening and a unique perspective of the original garden story alongside the post-crucifixion garden story. Until next time, friends, may you be grateful and grace-filled. I pray this episode blessed you, spoke to you, or encouraged you in some way. If so, please share it with a friend and head on over to Apple Podcasts to leave me a review. That's the only way for me to know if you're enjoying the show. Nothing blesses me more than to hear from you. Also, 
come on over to our free Facebook community. This is a great place for us to support one another on our faith and leadership journeys. You can find the link to the group in the show notes or go to gracefieldleader.com forward slash community. If you have questions or content ideas for the show, please send me a message on SpeakPipe or via email. Go to gracefilledleader.com forward slash contact and leave a written or voice recorded message. I would love to know how I can best serve you on the podcast. Now to him who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Ephesians 3 verse 20. Until next time, my friends, God bless.